Good morning. Thank you for joining this morning. This practice of being aware of awareness. Just noticing sometimes where attention is, is step one for me. Oftentimes attention already is on something. Awareness just hasn't landed on it. So just bring in the intention perhaps to really look and see. Where is attention right now? And the natural, natural meaning, uh, the kind of the glide path, the conditioned path of attention is to whatever the shiny object is, whatever is moving, whatever has a flicker to it. So by definition, it won't naturally go to the self, the awareness that's always here because there's no charge. There's no flicker. There's no novelty. So it's natural that attention goes out to the sound, to the sensation in the body, to the thought in the mind, that flicker. It's like Dr. Hawkins says, it's, it's always tasting. always seeing what it can get. We're determining what it wishes to avoid more of. And this practice turns that conditioned glide path of attention 180 degrees. It acknowledges that there will be objects that attention will go to. That's just what attention does. It gives attention to objects, to forms, to energies. But what we introduce to the equation is an intention. It serves as a true north and 
anchoring point. So what is our intention? What is my intention? What is your intention? If life unfolds along the lines of what we value most, what do you will to value right now, this hour, this morning, this day, this life? So this value, this intention, no matter what the specific words are, if it's a true desire, it points inward, points towards truth. Points towards a continuous, unbroken connection with source with the peace that we are. And that is simply, uh, for most of us, not available. Uh, with the glide path of attention with, to outward focus, to objects. So we take that intermediate step of intending to turn attention around, bring it inward, back in essence.
one of my favorite analogies of this dynamic set of choice points for where attention lands is from the teachings of inner Ramana, the analogy of the circus in the meadow. I'll read a little bit of that. The mind is very active. If you watch it, you will see it is much like the acrobats in a circus. It is always jumping this way and that, bending and turning. And it has some very amazing moves. It is a circus. It is not at all representative of reality. In fact, it is a complete distraction from reality. You will never notice reality if you remain focused on the circus act of the mind. For me, it's a critical distinction to get clear on. What do I value most? Right now, is there a desire to be entertained, so to speak, with distraction, with the movement, with the flickers? Or is there a longing to come home, a true desire to know thyself? to know the true self and rest in its embrace. Getting clear about that is getting clarity for me. Do we desire the circus or do, do we desire the meadow? They're always both available.
And Ramana continues. So now our primary interest is to lose interest in the mind. It is very tempting to pay attention to it, just as a great circus act catches the desire of your attention. But deep within you, there is a desire that wants to settle within the meadows that surround the circus tent more than you want to be caught up in the circus.
So we are turning our attention from the ups and downs and spins and tumbles of the mind to the everlasting tranquility of the meadows. And there is much happening in the meadows too, but it is real, which is much different than the circus. True stillness cannot be achieved by quieting the mind through meditative practices for part of the day and then being wrapped up in the stories of the mind the rest of the day. This is like running in and out of the circus. Sure. You may experience and know the tranquility of the meadow, but you are still addicted to the hype of the circus. The circus remains real for you. You will never be free through partial abidance. Only total abidance can be totally freeing. So this may serve as a opportunity to notice if the circus has started up again in the form of guilt thoughts or unworthiness thoughts or I can't do this thoughts or I don't do total abidance, I'm only partial. And can we see that that's all circus? That's all saying no to what is. Guilt thoughts or unworthiness thoughts or not enough thoughts are playing. Can we say yes to that no thought, no to what is, 
and just abide as the meadow. Allowing the circus of mind to do whatever it's doing for as long as it is to do it. Under every circus is a meadow. The tent is literally pitched in the meadow. And attention can either go to the circus or back and down to the meadow. You, dear reader, have a choice. As Michael Langford says in the introduction to the seven steps to awakening. Life tends to unfold along the lines of what we value most. Which desire do we wish to honor? We honor the desire to rest as the meadow when we honor the temporary appearance of the circus. Letting go of judgment, letting go of resistance, letting go of imagination that it could or should be different. We just rest in the reality of what is. Trusting that that is the meadow. That is the abidance of which they speak. Resting back with what is exactly as it is. Without interfering. Till it reaches its natural end. The mind is going to want to think. <laughs> you are going to be drawn back into the circus. 
but an inner response to this desire, as soon as you notice it, is most helpful to awakening. The inner response is one that turns your attention from the noise of the circus to the quiet love for the meadow.
This is the purpose of the mantra I have given you. The mantra is, I am that I am. So the purpose of the mantra is to cultivate this inner response that turns your attention from the noise of the circus to the quiet love of the meadow. So continuing with inner Ramana, it consistently and repeatedly throughout the day turns your attention from the circus and back towards the meadow which is your truest of desires. Wear the mantra like a layer of clothing. Practice it throughout the day, whatever you are doing. The mantra cannot be practiced too much as you are teaching the mind through desire to remain still.
surrender is a means of living within the world while releasing your attachment to the circus. Surrender is a means of living within the world while releasing your attachment to the circus.
when the mind is not occupied in the silence of the mantra. Let it be used for the purpose of surrender. This way the mind is always used purposely, purposefully, and one's toes will wiggle and curl delightfully as they feel the coolness of the meadow's ground beneath them. Even after following a practice of surrender, mind will want to think about that practice. It will want to be proud for listening and following, or it will want to analyze the meaning of the act you were guided to follow, or it will want to imagine the results, the impact, or the next step. All of this is returning to the circus. So we, when you see the mind acting in this way, practice the mantra to return the mind to the meadow.
a question for the inner teacher. What do I do with the strong resistance to the practices you are asking me to keep? Answer. Understand that all resistance comes from your willingness to listen to resistance before. It is an echo from the past that is being picked up and heard now. To listen to it again is like shouting into a cave again. The echo will only return. One may stand at the mouth of the cave and shout at his own echo forever. And the echo will not die. It will only return more frequently. And if his shouts get louder, the echo will grow louder too. The way to end the feeling of resistance is to stop shouting into the cave. Be gentle with yourself. When you are feeling resistance, quietly and gently practice the mantra anyway. This practice will not hurt you. And because you are passing on the temptation to shout into the cave, the echoes are beginning to die and practice will come more easily in the future.
that brings us to the bottom of the hour. Thank you all for joining.